successful media and public affairs consultant, accomplished entrepreneur and national writer and contributor, attorney who served in the Missouri House of Representatives, worked in the White House and CNN, thought leader, entrepreneur, and host who takes the conversation to the next level. Prepare to get rare access to fascinating guests. You're connected. You have the it factor. You've joined Grill Nation. Get out of Connect with Jason on Twitter at Jason Grill. Connect with the show on Twitter at Grill Nation Show. And online at GrillNationShow.com. Welcome your host of Grill Nation. Always dressed up and ready to go even in a radio studio. Here's Jason Grill. Hello and welcome to the Grill Nation Show. I'm your host, Jason Grill. Thanks for listening today on 980 AM. I hope you're joining us if you're listening today as well on iTunes via podcast. Or if you've gone to our website at grillnationshow.com and are listening to the show live or on a recorded podcast, we greatly appreciate you joining us today. It's going to be an exciting show. I'm going to have one of my contributors and guest co-hosts to the Grill Nation show joining me here in one second. Uh, before I get to him, I want to thank our title sponsors of the show. Uh, Trust, MoBank, BOK Financial, and Two West Companies. Contributors of the Grill Nation show include the KCADC, uh, Port KC, and the Rieger, and Jay Rieger & Co., uh, you can connect with me on Twitter at Jason Grill and at Grill Nation Show. As always, I'm also available on social media. Just search for my name, Jason Grill. We'd love to hear from you, and I appreciate everyone uh, chiming in on all the social media networks. We try to post photos of our guests and information about our show, and thank you for your continued support. Uh, on today's show, one of our contributors is joining us, uh, Brian Sarr from True Wealth and Company. He comes on each and every month as a guest, co-host, and honor contributor to the Grill Nation Show, a great company here in Kansas City. Their website is retirewithtrue.com. Brian is the president and chief investment officer of True Wealth and Company. And uh, we're excited to have uh, one of his, a good friend of his on the show today and a great Kansas Cityan uh, to join us here in just one second. I'm going to have Brian introduce him. But on today's show, we will have Tom Sullivan from Sullivan Estate Law. The website for him is sullivanestatelaw.com, an area that I haven't really thought about since law school, so I'm excited to have Tom on the show. And Brian, uh, welcome to the show. And we introduce Tom and oh, thank you, uh, talk Jason. about how um, great the show is going to be. I've been looking forward to this show forever because, you know, I know that everybody just heard we're going to talk estate planning. Oh, my God, that's uh, so boring. It's not. It's, it's, it's extremely exciting. It's, um, it can help change your life by getting it right and spending time with a phenomenal attorney like Tom Sullivan. Let me tell you, just a, a little backdrop is, you know, my job for my clients is to put together a phenomenal network of partners. That network is to help clients reduce the time and reduce the money and, and, and not have to learn the hard way when they're looking for an estate planning attorney or a CPA. I've spent 16 years combing Kansas City for an estate planning attorney. I've met a lot of people in town that do estate planning. Tom is the best in my mind of what he does. The feedback I get from my clients, from his clients, from his office, the way he runs his practice is amazing. And I've been really looking forward to, sh- to introducing him to everybody on the, on the program here so they get to meet Tom through the air, if you will, and hopefully come and sit down with him and uh, he can help them out with their estate law. But him and his family have been practicing law since the 1800s. Uh, they still have their original office out in Phillipsburg, Kansas, uh, that Tom takes care of. Um, he's a master of estate planning. And without any more further ado, Mr. Tom Sullivan, welcome to the Grill Nation. Thank you for having me, Jason and Brian. I appreciate the opportunity to be here. You're welcome. Yeah, we love having you on the show. Um, we're going to talk today about the 
seven principles of estate planning. And I think first off is, can we all just agree that everybody needs a plan? That's pretty much, uh, you know, the, the starting point here. Um, I'm pretty sure that, uh, you know, I love my family and want to protect them just as much as Bill Gates does. And uh, uh, his plan may be a little more complicated and have a few more zeros after it than mine does. <laughs> right. But, um, you know, the, it's all about taking care of your family, taking care of your loved ones. And um, if we look at the, the rich and famous, we can see examples of what to do and not do. And we'll talk about uh, some of those today because they're kind of fun and interesting. But um, as an example, uh, recently – uh, Aretha Franklin died. She had suffered from pancreatic cancer for two years. She knew she was going to die, but yet she had no estate plan. She had no will. She had a, has a special needs child, but still had nothing in place. And uh, we don't know yet how that's going to play out, but we know that within uh, days of her death, there were competing family members that were trying to be appointed as administrator of her estate. So I think that's an example of uh, what not to do. Well, all we know is that you know the kids are going to fight. The attorneys are going to get are going to get rich off of fighting this estate. They're licking their chops to go after it. No will, no trust, nothing at all. Everything's left to chance. It's all up in the air after a phenomenal career that she had with all the wonderful advisors of not able to get her to to put some simple planning in place. That you know it wouldn't take too long to get it organized. Exactly. Uh, another example is uh, Prince. He's uh, been gone for quite a while, had no plan, and his uh, his uh, siblings are his heirs because he had no children, and uh, he's been gone for years, and so far the siblings have not seen a nickel of it, but something like $9 million has been paid out to attorneys because they're fighting over who gets what and who's going to control his uh, uh, music. It's amazing, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, you can, and you can take a couple zeros off of that. And so say that, that, you know, you have a smaller estate, that you don't have a plan and you don't have a trust, but you would have to pay, you know, uh, you know, 10, 15, 20,000 in legal fees, um, up to 90,000 in legal fees to, to take a plan through, through probate, if you will, and have to settle it, especially if the kids start arguing, uh, which really happens a lot. Uh, so uh, Tom, tell us a little bit about why you need a trust and why you don't need a trust. Well, it all starts with what the, the client's goals are. Uh, so in our practice, we always uh, start there and talk about the family and talk about the goals and what the concerns the family has and you know what they're afraid might happen and what they want to avoid. And uh, in most cases, uh, people have had some experience with an estate, a family member's estate going through probate, and they want to avoid that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so generally, people want to avoid probate because it's lengthy. It's expensive. It's public. You know, anybody in the world can go in and uh, look at the probate records and see uh, what assets you had and who you leave, uh, left them to. Mm. And they do. Where is those records? Where People are nosy. At, the, at, the, <laughs> at the county courthouse, oh, in right. the probate okay. court. Yeah. Um, can you access all those online yet? Um, in some counties, you can. Uh, it's kind of county by county. But uh, uh, after my father died, I was surprised. Uh, I. I his estate went through probate because, as an attorney, it uh, it didn't cost me anything to, uh, you know, probate his estate. And that, you know, 30 years ago when he died, that was what everybody did. But um, 
after he died, I was surprised when I started getting cold calls from every stockbroker in the country. Hmm. And I found that they bought lists of people who had inherited money through probate because those are public records. Hmm. And they, then you get calls and, hey, you want to invest with me? Put your hard-earned money here. Uh, put your inheritance with us. Uh, it's, uh, it, it's common to, uh, for that to happen. So using a, a trust keeps everything private. And keeps it out of probate and keeps it out of, you know, your nosy neighbor from digging in to see what your kids got. Exactly. Um, and there's many things that you can do with a trust that you can't do with a will uh, in terms of protecting things uh, for your family. Uh, just some quick examples. Um, you can offer what I call remarriage protection. So if uh, uh, your spouse, after you die, if your spouse remarries, it gives some assurance that the next spouse isn't going to end up with everything. You can offer asset protection for your kids and uh, uh, divorce protection in case they end up getting it. A lot of lot of different things you can do. Tom Sullivan is our guest today. Uh, SullivanEstateLaw.com. Also joined by Brian Sarr from True Wealth and Company. You're listening to Grill Nation. Welcome back, everyone, to the Grill Nation Show. Appreciate you joining us today on 980 AM, KMBZ, or on iTunes via podcast or at grillnationshow.com. I'm your host, Jason Grill, joined today by guest host and on-air contributor who joins me each and every month, Brian Sarr from True Wealth and Company, great company in Kansas City. Their website is retirewithtrue.com. They can help you with uh, all your financial planning needs. Uh, also joined today by Tom Sullivan, who's an attorney at law. He practices estate planning. Uh, his website is Sullivan, SullivanEstateLaw.com. Brian, why don't you kick us off here? We're having a fascinating discussion, but I know we want to kind of talk to Tom a little bit more about his background and how he got involved in estate law. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, if, Tom, if you could share, um, why did you choose estate planning as your focus for your practice? Well, there's kind of a long history there. I, I grew up in a small town in a family of attorneys, uh, my grandfather started the practice in 1892, and my father was an attorney. And um, in a small town, attorneys do a little bit of everything. I was a general practitioner for the first 20 years of my practice, mm -hmm. and um, I think I was pretty good at it. But I grew tired of doing divorces and litigation and personal injury and criminal law and uh, all of these things. And the part of my practice that I really enjoyed was the estate planning and the probate, helping people uh, plan for those difficult times in their life, basically incapacity or death. And uh, uh, I felt that it was more rewarding for me uh, because the clients are actually happy when they're, uh, they're, they're done with their planning uh, as opposed to a divorce where nobody's happy when they're done. <laughs> yeah, you're right. I mean, just talking, hearing you speak right now, it seems like you're a much happier person because a lot of lawyers do a lot of that stuff and uh, they have a lot, a lot of things they bring home with them. Oh yeah. And bring home the positive things. <laughs> it's, it's very necessary. I'm glad people, you know, other attorneys want to do those areas, but for me, I'm more of a problem solver and uh, uh, that's the part of my practice that I enjoy. I know uh, in your practice, your favorite piece of equipment in your office is your whiteboard. 
Oh, absolutely. It's, and it, you it, told me the other day, if everything burned down and you were left with one thing, I would just carry my whiteboard everywhere uh, with my clients. Talk about your whiteboard, why that's so unique in your process that helps clients visualize their plan. Well, it's an electronic whiteboard, so it has four panels, and uh, uh, you can copy whatever you've written on the whiteboard. And uh, so when I'm talking with a client about a trust, it's it's kind of an abstract concept, mm-hmm. but I can uh, draw it out as a flow chart showing you know what happens while you're alive and well, what's going to happen uh, if you become incapacitated, what's going to happen after your death, what will happen after you, you and your spouse are both gone, and how you want it managed. And I draw this out uh, and can copy it for the client so they can uh, take this uh, nebulous concept of a trust and make it something that they can see and touch and feel. And it makes it much more understandable, and it's uh, a great way to communicate uh, how this whole plan is going to work. And then I copy it and uh, put it in their portfolio book, and it's a great way to later come back to it and say, these were the decisions that you made then. What's changed now? Mm-hmm. And are these still the people that ought to be in charge of everything? I mean, I know you're you're an attorney, Jason, but most of the people I that, play well, one on TV, Brian. practicing attorney or recovering. <laughs> I, do, I do I do have maybe, my license huh? in okay. both states, okay. but I, I'm going to have to start sending some estate practice law to this to Tom over here if I ever have any. So what 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 I know from from my practice um, in in wealth management, my clients' eyes glaze over the second they crack the first page of their trust, and they have to read this monster document. Right. They don't understand what it means. They don't understand what it does. They don't understand what the clauses are and all the pieces that are involved in it, what should be there, what shouldn't be there. Yeah. And what I love about the flowchart with Tom is we can look at the flowchart and know that as long as what we said here visually is what we want to have happen, then that's in words in the trust. Um, and it's there and it's, and it's covered in that, in, in, inside of that trust. And I can show clients where, you know, where these things are talked about in there. And if they have questions then they can sit down and talk with Tom. And so mm-hmm. I do that with all of my clients that I sent to Tom, if they want me to come to their first meeting, I come with them when they get all their documents back, we'll look through them and read them and talk about them. If there's anything they want to change or go back to Tom with to get it updated, they do. Um, but it's just, it's such a pleasant process. It doesn't take that long to get everything completed. You know, I think a lot of folks think that it takes months to get their trust done, but typically how long does it take you to, to finish a trust from beginning to end? If, if you can get everything back on a reasonable time frame for the client. Um, usually from the first appointment till things are signed is a month or so. Um, then, then we begin the process of transferring ownership of assets into the trust, what I call trust funding, uh, which involves sometimes changing ownership. Sometimes it involves uh, changing beneficiaries. Uh, that can, can take re- a little longer. I want to rewind back. You said trust funding. It's a key point. I want everybody to listen to this part of this uh, that we're going to talk about with Tom is what is trust funding and what does that mean for everybody listening today about, about a trust? Well, first of all, trust funding is the most important part of having a trust because unless your assets are titled in your trust, it doesn't mean anything. It still has to go through probate if, uh, uh, even though you have a trust, if your assets aren't titled in your trust. So trust funding is the process by which we uh, take a look at every asset that an individual owns, and we either change the ownership of it or we name uh, a beneficiary on it. And 
we do that on a asset-by-asset basis to ensure that there's no assets that have to go through probate. This is the one step that many attorneys fail to do. I'll second that. And uh, if you don't do that, your trust isn't going to work to accomplish what you want. I've seen so many trusts that come into my office where they spend all this time putting together a beautiful trust, how they're going to split everything up, and none of their assets are titled in it. So it's unfunded, so it was a waste of time to put it together. Um, And so what I typically hear is, well, the attorney handed us the trust and told us to go title everything and do it on their own. What I love about Tom's practice and another thing that just sets him apart is Todd and his office and Tom make sure that if they got to go to the courthouse and wait in line to retitle your home, to retitle a vehicle, to retitle property or, or a business, they'll do it. They'll follow up with all of your bank accounts, all of the investment accounts, everything that you have to make sure that it's correct. And then they want to copy back to them showing that it's all done. And they tidy up to the nth detail that it's finished uh, for you. And, and most of the attorneys that I've, I've worked with over time don't do that. They hand you the documents and you're on your own to figure it out. They're, therefore, a lot of trusts are unfunded out there, and, and it's a waste of money if you don't fund them. Yeah, my, my, um, in my office, I have a funding coordinator, and that's his job is to follow up and make sure that everything is funded. And um, sometimes that takes 90 days, but um, it's an essential part of the process. We're talking to Tom Sullivan from SullivanEstateLaw.com. Got an office here in Overland Park. Uh, I want to mention your practice areas just so we, we get all those out there for folks listening. Uh, you work in estate and gift planning, wills, living wills, and advanced directives, probate and trust administration, asset protection planning, business succession planning, which is very important to our listeners here on the Grill Nation show, estate and gift taxation, pre- and post-marital agreements. Hopefully uh, we have happy marriages, but you know have to plan accordingly. Uh, property agreements and deed preparation. Also on your website, uh, there's a really cool FAQ section where you have videos and very simple questions about these these areas as they are complicated that answer everyone's questions uh, in addition to a awesome blog that you have as well that addresses myths and different things along these areas. So SullivanEstateLaw.com is the website. It's uh, it's actually a really interesting website and a lot of great information. So we'll let Brian carry on here, but I had to, I had to point that out because I've, I've been looking at it. I'm very impressed by it and uh, make everything simple for us. That's the key, right? Thank you. That's what I aim to do. (laughs) So, Tom, when we look at a trust, um, one of the the big parts of a trust is protecting your heirs from life's curveballs. It's all the what-ifs that you you can't think about everything, but a trust can. Uh, Let's talk through some of those curveballs and and some stories that you might have to share of of how you've protected clients or how they've ignored your advice and things have gone south, and uh, sometimes those are more fun to talk about. Well, sometimes they are, but uh, um, one of the most important things is uh, taking care of your children. And um, when they're, when they're, your children are minors, of course, uh, an estate plan is the place that you name a guardian. That is who is, would raise your children, have custody of your children if something happened to you uh, when they're minors. Uh, I find that that's one of the roadblocks to a lot of uh, young people doing planning is because uh, the parents can't agree on who is uh, going to be that custodian. Mm. Um, my wife and I changed our will three times over who was going to be the guardian for our children because the person we'd named suddenly became incredibly stupid. So, <laughs> so we uh, things change in life, don't they, Tom? They, they do, <laughs> and, and you have to update your plan accordingly. Um, 
But even after uh, they're 18 and are legally adults and no longer need a guardian, I, I remember when I was 18 and I probably did some stupid things. And uh, uh, so when you're 18 and you're in college, uh, you don't necessarily make the best decisions. So most of my clients want to postpone the time when their children have unfettered access till they're, you know, maybe out of college, uh, maybe even, you know, 30 or later. Um, and then not to deny them the use and benefit of those funds, but to have some other responsible uh, adult helping them make uh, decisions about the management of the assets so that they're not uh, dissipated unnecessarily. You got to protect kids from themselves. If you're 18 and you, you, you get a a million dollars dropped into your bank account, you can do whatever you want with it. You know, college may not seem so important anymore to finish up and uh, life and toys and cars and vacations become a lot more of a priority in life. And it'll be gone in a year. It is. It is gone in a year. It's we could all we could all dream though one day. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> We're joined today by Tom Sullivan, SullivanEstateLaw dot com, and Brian Sarr from True Wealth and Company. Their website is Retire with True. We're going to be right back with more of a fascinating discussion of the principles of estate planning here on the Real Nation. Welcome back to the Grill Nation show here at 980 AM, and I appreciate listening for joining us on podcast via iTunes or at the website, uh, grillnationshow.com. You can find information about all of our contributors, sponsors, all of our old podcasts, photos of our guests, and more information about our show here on the Grill Nation show. Joined today by Brian Sarf from True Wealth and Company, retirewithtrue.com, a contributor and uh, monthly guest here on the Grill Nation show. He has brought on Tom Sullivan today, who's an attorney. Uh, in the Kansas City area, based in Overland Park. Their website is SullivanEstateLaw.com. Fascinating discussion today about uh, the seven principles of estate planning uh, and much more uh, as we get into another segment here. Brian, I know we want to talk about uh, divorce and uh, marriage and what happens when you have different factors coming in with uh, your well, yeah, assets. I mean, it's it's uh, you know it's part of life in in America. It's part of life in the world that uh, that divorce is um, you know is a pretty high divorce rate. And so when you have a divorce, and especially if you have kids, or if you have a divorce and you both have kids from a previous marriage, or if you both have kids from a previous marriage and you have kids together, so you have his, hers, and ours, it even gets more complicated of how you split up and protect your money to decide who gets what. Because the kids all want a part of it if you have some some assets in there. You can't leave it to chance that that, because they'll just get tied up in a massive lawsuit. Yeah. Um, you know, my, my wife was doing some research. She works down at Hallmark uh, Cards, and they always look at how, you know, the, the research of America, of what types of families are in America that you're going to write a card for. And, um, you know, not everybody's the Beaver Cleaver perfect family mm-hmm. that we all grew up seeing. That, you know, she asked me, she said, uh, what percent of America is that the couples of the same race and that have three kids? So we have three daughters. Mm-hmm. We're the same race. Neither of us have been, have been remarried, first marriage. What percentage of America looks like that? And I said, I have no idea. What is it? And she goes, it's around 6% of America. Mm-hmm. And I said, what about if you have, you know, a couple, same race that have been married forever, first marriage with two kids? And she said, it's a little bit higher, maybe like 9%. Mm-hmm. 
And so you have about 20% of America, um, as everybody's on their first marriage, where it, it's simple to plan. Uh, you have 80% of America that's not, that's complicated. Most kids are living with single parents in America. Most are with, you're know, living with divorced parents. Most of them have a lot of complication they bring to the table. And I think that's what, you know, Tom brings to, to the table is figuring this out because boomers are, their divorce rate is accelerating now as they're, as they're retiring. Um, and that's creating massive complications for husband and wives and kids uh, that they didn't have before. And so having these, these trusts in place are important. So Tom, talk to us about divorce protection for kids and uh, remarriage protection. Certainly, Brian. Um, a trust is a great way that you can deal with a blended family because in a trust you can say, I want my spouse to have a stream of income, have the use of these assets for as long as he or she lives, but at their death I want the those assets to go back to my children. And that may look different for every family, but at least you get to determine who the ultimate beneficiaries are, what the the arrangements are while the, there's a surviving spouse, as opposed to leaving it to chance. Because under the law, uh, if you die without a will, you know, at least half goes to your spouse, and then those assets that you go to your spouse at the spouse's death are going to go to their kids, not your kids. So having a trust that thinks this through about how you want it to ultimately play out um, is, is essential. That's what this whiteboard is. Yes. When it's complicated, you want to go whiteboard. check out this whiteboard. Well, yeah, Let's absolutely. go to the office. I, yeah. I've do. never seen a mechanic or a technical one. I've only seen the, the racer ones. Oh, well, you, you need to come visit. <laughs> you got to float because what I've seen is if I need you, to get one of those. You know, if you have four boxes up there and you have all the lines going where you want the money, and you move one line different, you know, that's about 20 extra pages of writing for Tom uh, if, if you move those lines up there. But, you know, visually it's easy to see. I don't want that to happen. I want this to happen. Well, then we need to do this in your trust. Yeah, Tom, I'm, thinking, to I'm thinking back to my days in law school when I was crossing out things and marking <laughs> things in my exams, wills and trusts. I need to go back and see what my grade was in that class. But, <laughs> but you're drawing lines everywhere. There's so many different factors, as Brian said, with so many different issues with families. And yeah, How about um, remarriage protection? I had... I had neighbors uh, years ago uh, that lived here in town, wonderful, great people. They had two kids together, um, and then uh, they raised um, her son that she had from a previous marriage. Um, he passed away from cancer um, about 10 years ago, and, and a year after he died, she died of the same type of cancer. And on her deathbed, um, she left all of their money to her first son she had from a previous marriage, and the kids that the two of them had together got zero. And at the funeral, um, that son, that kid knew he was getting all the money. I mean, just imagine how atrocious that is. You live your entire life together. Everybody's raised together. Um, and like the kid from the previous marriage gets all the money. The two together get zero. And he made all the kids pay a third of the funeral costs, knowing he was getting everything, that it was all coming to him. Um, and then he went back home, you know, to the, I think he lived on the West Coast. and. Um, I mean, it's just ridiculous of how that is. And, and they spent four or five years um, fighting over who gets what and, and fighting with the attorneys of how it all gets split up and left an absolute mess. And a lot of that can be avoided with proper planning. So uh, when dealing with a, a couple as a client, I always talk about, well, 
what would you expect to happen if one of you died and the other one remarried? And one of the things that we can build into a trust is for that eventuality. And it may look, look differently depending on you know the client's wishes, but in some cases it's, uh, well, if my spouse remarries, then uh, they can't spend the principle of my trust. I want that protected for my kids, but they can still get the income. Mm-hmm. In other cases, it may be, oh, they can no longer be the trustee of the trust. Uh, you know, my kids want to become the trustees. Some cases it requires that there be a prenuptial agreement that protects the children's um, um, right to inherit the assets that that couple built together. Um, and if they marry without having a prenup, then there's some penalty provisions. You know, you lose access to the principal or whatnot. But we can tailor those to whatever the couple wants. Um, but without that, it's you know, probably going to be a disaster. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the other things that we can do is we can build into a trust protections for the children in the event that they get divorced by giving the children a tool that allows them to keep their inherited assets separate from their marital assets so that if they end up getting a divorce, they don't lose half of the inheritance uh, in that divorce. That's protecting from uh, what do you have written here, Tom, from the, uh, the idiot son-in-law. Yeah, it, it's um, always the son. It's never well, the daughter. Let's, 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 the daughters let's be, are always let's be fair here, you know. No. <laughs> well, it, it can be, but uh, uh, this came from one of my instructors and uh, business coaches uh, who said that he learned this from his father-in-law. He said uh, he had been a very successful attorney, but uh, according to his father-in-law, he was an idiot because he couldn't change the oil in his own car. <laughs> and he never quite trusted him, anyone who couldn't change the oil in their own car. Well, yep. we got YouTube for that now. So, that's right. Uh, that's right. <laughs> you got YouTube you for everything. You learn pretty quick. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, and, and protecting from that remarriage is huge because, you know, if you work your entire life and you build and you build your fortune, you know, so you're, you're 40, 50 years old, you have a business, you have a family, you have everything taken care of, you know, you have your trust, you put it together. You know, you grow up, your kids grow up and get married. Um, you pass away and your money goes to your, to your daughter. Uh, what you don't want to have happen is, is that, is that your inheritance, if she were to get divorced, that half of what she got goes with this idiot son-in-law who leaves to go remarry somebody else. And so you want the kids to understand how the trusts are built, how the, how it's protected for them and what they should and shouldn't do with their money because you don't want to commingle it with uh, your joint assets. Uh, that you have, so it's, it stays protected. But it's still available for the family. It's still available for the kids. Uh, it just puts that level of protection in there should things go south and, 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 uh, and go sideways. And it isn't because you don't you know, trust the, you know, the person that you're married to or the, even the, uh, the people that your children marry. It's just being practical, you know, recognizing that the divorce rate is high and stuff like that's going to happen, and you want to offer those protections, you know, for your family. I want to get into, uh, if you don't mind, Jason, on uh, um, as we talk with Tom Sullivan from Sullivan Estate Law, uh, let's talk about business succession planning and the importance of that. I know we've got about a minute and a half left in this segment. We can carry over into the next one, but talk about business succession planning, Tom. How do you walk business owners through that and get them to begin to think about how they put those plans in place? Certainly getting them to think about it is one of the most difficult uh, parts of that because business owners are typically so involved with day-to-day operation of the business, they don't want to think about, you know, what's going to happen if I can't 
uh, do this. But that business should be more than a job. And if you don't have a succession plan, all you own is a, is a job that's probably going to go away uh, when you become incapacitated. It certainly will go away at your death. And that business is very often the, uh, a family's most valuable asset if you capture that value. Mm-hmm. And so I try to get people to think about, uh, well, you know, what would, who would take over? Now, sometimes it's a family member which has its own set of uh, problems and expectations. Uh, sometimes it's the employees that uh, you would could sell the business to. Sometimes it's a competitor that uh, you might your estate might turn to uh, uh, sell the business to. So I get want to get business owners to start to think about that. And what age they start thinking about that? Well, mostly incapacity and death can occur at any age. Right. So. Anyone that has a business really needs to have a succession plan if they want to uh, capture the value of the business that they've worked so hard for. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't want it, that to just evaporate um, if the if the owner is no longer there to work the business. This is a fascinating conversation, Tom. Um, let's continue that after the break with Brian Sarf, guest host and contributor to the Grill Nation show with retire with true.com and Tom Sullivan from SullivanEstateLaw.com. You're listening to Grill. Welcome back to the Grill Nation Show, 980 AM and on iTunes and via GrillNationShow.com. Great show today with Brian Sarf, guest co-host and on-air contributor to the Grill Nation Show. His company is True Wealth and Company. Their website is RetireWithTrue.com. Great, great company here in Kansas City. Tom Sullivan is our guest today, uh, SullivanEstateLaw.com, learning a lot about uh, protecting your assets, your family, and uh, plan- having a plan for uh, the many variables can- that can affect you in life and it- and approach you throughout your journey. Um, Brian, we're gonna we're gonna run through some stuff here quick, but I know Tom wanted to talk about uh, some of the things paperwork you actually need to have, must haves yeah, in this what are industry. The, the must have documents. So walk us through your list, Tom, of the must have documents that that you have to have in place. Well, c- certainly you need. Everyone needs to have a will. Um, many people also need to have a trust and, you know, on my website, there's a discussion about, you know, do I need a will or a trust or both? And, uh, I would encourage people to look at that. Um, in addition to the will or trust, you need a durable power of attorney. Um, this is a document that says who can do your business for you if you become incapacitated. It ends at death, but during the period of incapacity, it's essential that you have someone authorized to do those things. Uh, similarly, we have a separate document that's a healthcare power of attorney that says who gets to make healthcare decisions for you if you're unable to make your own healthcare decisions. This can be the same person as doing the uh, financial power of attorney, but very often it isn't the same person because the, the one that's good with money may not be the best caretaker. You need to have advanced directives, which is a term that uh, covers living wills and uh, other advanced uh, directions as to how you would want to be cared for if you were terminally ill or had a condition where there was no hope of a significant recovery. And um, 
I also recommend that people have a HIPAA release specifying who um, doctors and hospitals can release information to. You know, if they're business owners, then you need to also have a business succession plan. But those those five are kind of the critical ones that I think everyone should have. Mm-hmm. And if I could add on to the to the back end of that is, um, number one, making sure your house is titled in more than just you and your wife's name or you and your partner's name, that you need to have your trust named as a contingent beneficiary. They call it transfer on death or payable on death, or that you have a beneficiary or name your kids or something of who the house goes to. It's typically the largest source of wealth for a lot of Americans and they just have their name on it or it's them and their spouse's name on it and that's it. And it, and it complicates things, uh, you know, at, at passing. You also want to make sure on all of your bank accounts, checking accounts, money market accounts, if you have investments and brokerage accounts, 401ks and those, you need to have your beneficiaries named. Um, you know, this is 17 years I've been doing planning and I'm still amazed that about, 30% of the people, about a third of the people I sat down with, they don't have beneficiaries named on critical assets. Um, I'll never forget the time I was sitting across the table. And I'm changing the names to protect the innocent. But I, I have Tom and Mary sitting across the table. I'm looking at Tom's 401K, and I go, Tom, who's Heidi? That's your beneficiary. You could feel the lasers from Mary going through Tom because that was his ex-wife, and he forgot to remove her from the 401K, and we got it fixed. But you want to make sure those beneficiaries are named. It's super critical that all that's there because that's what tidies everything up and leaves your estate for your and loved ones. if you ones. don't have any of that stuff, what happens? It all goes to Uncle Sam gets to decide who gets what based on what's called uh, what's called uh, intestate. intestate. I couldn't think of the word. Intestate succession. Intestate succession. So yeah. the state of Kansas or Missouri gets to figure out where your money goes based on the state's rules, and that's what you don't want to have happen. You're going to pay the most fees, the most taxes, and the most complication. Um, and it's going to take the most time for money to get to your kids or your or charities or whoever you want it to go to. Mm-hmm. People often don't realize that the beneficiary designations on their life insurance or their 401K or their IRA, those take precedence over what you have in your will or your trust. So just because you change your will or trust doesn't change those beneficiary designations. That's right. And that's why you often end up with that uh, ex-wife uh, you know, getting something that you didn't really intend. Mm. Gosh. This is great. I mean, it's great that you know all this stuff, Tom. It can help people because it's it's it probably is a little bit overwhelming for people, and you simplify it. It, it can be overwhelming, but uh, because that's what I do and I do on a daily basis, I can make it simple. I can do a lot of the things for people. Uh, once we talk through what their goals are and their plan is, then I can help implement those and can go out and uh, – prepare the forms to change the beneficiary designations or change the ownership as necessary. It's also talking through, you know, everybody has all these fairly, you know, heirlooms and all these tchotchkes and all this stuff in their house. Yeah. And, and, and how do you split all that up and where does it go and who gets what? Um, and, and to have some discussion about all that, but most importantly, even if you name all those things, one of the best things you can do is to have a family meeting and sit down, bring the kids in to talk with Tom Bring the kids in to talk with me. I do a lot of family meetings, typically around the holidays when everybody's in town. And we'll talk about as much or all of what the clients want to visit with, but at least the kids know mom and dad have money. They have a plan for health care. They have a will and trust in place. We've thought through these things, and they don't need to worry so much about it that there is there, things are in order uh, because the kids have questions as they grow up and they want to know these things, and it's important to have those those family meetings. It's very important to have those, and it's important to convey to them 
who's going to be in what roles. So they know that they have a job to do if mom or dad become incapacitated or die. Um, and so that the other kids know who's going to be in charge and know that there's a plan. In most cases, if mom and dad have a plan and it's in writing, the kids will respect mom and dad enough to, uh, to accept that. Even if they're disappointed, they'll accept it. The problem comes in when everybody thinks they know what mom and dad want and it's not in writing and it's unclear or ambiguous and then the fight's on. Um, the, the last piece I bring to the table as an advisor is um, I think too many clients, uh, too many people out there are leaving their kids to handle their estate and the kids don't know what to do and it's too complicated. And what we have been encouraging a lot of our clients to do is to use a corporate trustee. So the kids are still a part of the process. The kids still get the money. Uh, the kids still get everything. They just don't have to follow the letter of the rule of the trust and do all the hard work and the heavy lifting to split everything up. And so you have a corporate trustee. We use Advisors Private Wealth Trust, which is uh, they have a joint venture with TD Ameritrade. Their fees are 0.3%, 0.3 down. And then you have the cost of a financial advisor, which is us with our clients that's there. We're there as a partner. We're not expensive compared to some of the other trust companies in town that are, you know, one and a half, two, three, four percent that they're charging on these trusts to help the kids settle the money, to make sure it gets to the charities, to make sure that the, that what mom and dad want to do are, are taken care of. And it really simplifies for your loved ones and your kids that they don't have to deal with all this, that a corporate trustee would deal with all this. That's so right, uh, Brian. I find that a lot of clients' initial objection to a corporate trustee is, oh, there, there's a cost to it. Well, they, they earn that. It's worth it. And in my experience, they, a corporate trustee does a really good job of keeping all the money invested that might otherwise be sitting in a uh, checking account earning, uh, you know, 0.1% or something. Yeah, nothing, yes. yeah. And uh, so they earn enough more to cover and pay for their fees. Plus, it takes the the emotion out of those financial decisions. It The family can be a family and not have these arguments about uh, how things are being managed. Very interesting stuff today on the, on the Grill Nation show. Thanks, Sullivan Tom. Estate Law, protect your family, plan your legacy. Tom Sullivan, connect with him. Based on Overland Park, his phone number is 913-663-3159. Appreciate you coming on the show. Brian Sarf from True Wealth and thank Company. You, thank you. Retire with True. You do a great job each and every month. Thanks for being a partner of the show. You're welcome. And uh, look forward to talking to you guys again soon. Have a great day. Thank you, Jason. Thanks for listening to the Grill Nation show. We'll see you next week. Take care.